In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four hand-picked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 24, Behind the Scenes. This is a good one. This is always, always Oh, well, we they're always ones. a good one, yeah. But, but this is a really good this one. This is fun. Yeah. So behind, we picked picks that are all behind, you know, the TV world, mm-hmm. the movie world, mm-hmm. behind the music. Yes. Behind the curtain, Be- if you will. Oh, I like Remove that. Remove that curtain. Look behind it. This is what we're giving you. Yeah. Not the weird yeah. Wizard of Oz. No, not that one. Just That's some creepy. real good picks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about that, thinking uh-huh. about behind the scenes, whether it's TV, music, whatever. Um, Aaron, mm-hmm. if you had a theme song oh. <laughs> to play when you entered a room, uh-huh. you know, we've kind of danced around this idea yeah. in the past, you know, yeah. we've l- mentioned lots of songs. Yeah. But if you had a theme song. Your own personal theme song. Mm-hmm. When you walk into that room, what mm-hmm. would it be? All right. I had trouble picking between two. Oh. And one partially because I'm just obsessed with this song right sure. now. So okay. right now, I feel like for me, my theme song would probably have to change. Like it'd be like every six months, it'd be a new one. Sure. It'd be like, yeah. oh, what's the theme song going to be this? Ooh, like you a know? big release party yeah, too. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, when you release it, do you just strut into a room? Yes. The best strut. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. and if people have to ask why, I'd be like, you're not, you clearly don't know me well enough. Obviously. Why yeah. are you here? Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. if you have to ask why I picked this song, dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Kick him out. So right now, for these six months, sure. it would have to be Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Oh, <laughs> yes. Mainly the part that I just want to play is the one line that's like, could have had a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that line. Like, absolutely. Yeah. She does this thing with her voice. She it's like a little, just it's like, yeah, it's even worse. It's like they're getting dissed on a diss. God, I love that it. That is a fantastic right, pick. and it just makes me like it gets me in a headspace where I feel like yeah, yeah. I could take can you on also anything. wear like a sign or something that says one hundred percent that bitch as you walk? Yeah, in? okay. Best line in a song ever. In a long time. Yeah, or yeah. maybe not ever, but yeah, in a long time. I mean, a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I maybe not ever. So if I had an overreaching one besides sure. that one, yeah, it only because I would get so much joy out of people then singing it for so long and not being able to get out of their head. Yeah. Wake me up before you go. <laughs> a little wham action. I like I it. I kind of like the message. Look, it's possible I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> I just need you to wake me up before you go. And then and also get your whatever you want to say. Get it in yeah. fast because I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll be like out on the street. Like, wake me up. And then be like, dang it. Yes. Oh, then that means you just linger in someone's mm-hmm. head. A little brain warm. They can't 
forget you mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. God, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the overarching one, but then I think there'd be a changing one. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. How about you? You, you know, had to, this had to be good. Well, I kind of had two. Okay. Uh, the same, oh, same reason. Uh-huh. One is my uh, ringtone constantly. Uh, it's Bad Reputation by Joan Jett. Oh, I don't give a damn about my reputation. reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anytime anyone calls me, first off, I never answer the phone. <laughs> so <laughs> I just listen to the ring. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, little hit of Joan Jett. Yeah. I don't know who that number is. Even if I do, I'm not answering it. So it's more like your phone just spontaneously gives you music. Yeah. And you pay no attention no. to it's actually signaling. Hell no. I like it. Okay. People that know me, they don't call me. Yeah. I'm not going to answer the damn phone. I don't think in our entire history I've ever... Oh, no, wait. I think I did oh, one time. Yeah. I'm but, remembering one time. But yeah. it was out of safety. <laughs> because you were in the car and I didn't want you to text me back. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. It was out of and my in that deep riot or dying. Yes. And yeah. in that situation, I answered the phone. You did. Did I not? You yeah. did. You yeah. did. Yeah. And I have no doubt that if I called you, you'd answer the oh, phone. Oh, I would. Yeah. yeah. But I don't abuse But that. I'd also be like, why are you calling yeah. me? Yeah. That'd be, I hope that'd be your first question. <laughs> not even hello. Just why? Why did you? Why, why are what, we doing what, this? What happened? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What, where's the My breakdown? other song, though, um, Cherry Bomb by The Runaways. Okay. I mean, yeah. I can and now see I'm that. trying to remember any lyrics whatsoever, and they're just escaping my head. Well, but it's just a good reason to go look it up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea. I like the, you know, the yeah. guitar riff. I just, yes. just like you, just want to uh, strut get into you, a room and get you in the right headspace to take on the world. Exactly. Yeah. And I really, I like that idea of you know leaving it in people's heads, yeah. so they can't stop thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Nice. Think about what I bring to the table, <laughs> little Lizzo. That's what happened. <laughs> Not anywhere close to Lizzo, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like this question had to be asked in this particular episode. Sure. Because I was going to ask if you could work like on a TV set, a movie set or music Mm. set, what Mm -hmm. you would like to do. And then I was like, well, that's stupid. She's going to pick music because automatically she's going to think that equals David Bowie. (laughs) So I just (laughs) went down deep on that question and said, if you had the opportunity to work on a previous David Bowie music tour. Sure. What job would you like? You know, I really like this question. I figured I'll be honest. <laughs> um, and <laughs> if anyone hasn't heard some of the episodes in which I talk about David Bowie with a love that shall never die. No. And is really too much for any one person to hold. But he does. Um then you'll know that this is a great question. One I am so excited to answer. Mm-hmm. Really, the answer is any goddamn thing ever. Okay. But I thought of options. Like, I could be, if we were in the 1970s, I could be his drug mule. I could bring his drugs in, you know? Because wow. He wow, was- I did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Okay. All right. My man did a lot of drugs. Yeah. So, hey, I'll be your drug mule. Okay. I'll bring in your cocaine. Okay. You know? So I will do that. We could call it drug meal slash enabler. Exactly. Okay. Also, though, I could be, I could protect the microphone. Like I could put the microphone into a suitcase or something or into like a special oh. case, protect that thing with my life. I would carry it everywhere. That feels like a movie in and of itself. Yeah. I would, I would put watch. it, I would sleep with it in my bed. I would like, wow. this thing would be, mm-hmm. first off, I'd name it and there'd be Obviously. a whole thing there. Yeah. yeah. Really, it'd be a, um, It'd be a relationship for the ages, me and that microphone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have no doubt. The only other thing I thought of besides anything is, you know, he had some costumes. I could be like his walking mannequin for costumes. I would wear your damn costumes and you could make sure it looks okay. Genius. Do what you will. Genius. Yeah. I like it. So those were a few of the thoughts that came to my head. I like that. Yeah. I like that. See, where I went right away for you was that you would definitely be somewhere close to the stage all the time so that oh, yeah. you could hear the music. Oh, of but course. But any of those jobs would allow you to do that. Hell yeah. I mean, maybe drug meal, maybe you're busy, but hmm. you could try and do it during off hours. Well, I mean, drug meal, you just need to take a bathroom break to like let the let the, nature do what it's will. Okay. So yeah. when you said drug meal, you didn't mean I'm just getting them. We're talking like you're going to straight, yeah. you're going to keister some drugs. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. That's how much I love David Bowie. That is a love. Yeah. That is. Wow. (laughs) When I posed this question, nowhere ever in my imagination did I figure that we would end up here. I don't know how. And you know what? I didn't think so either. But when I saw this question, I was like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first job that came to your mind. You can do anything with David Bowie's tour. Right away, you went drugs. (laughs) 
You know what yeah. I think, though? I think that that was smart. It assigns you a certain level of importance right out exactly. of the gate. He needs me. And you're going to get into all the secret meetings yes. anywhere. Like, no closed doors for you. No, I, I need know. my drug mule. So. Yeah. That was, See, you get that it. might be genius. <laughs> Incredibly illegal, but also very genius. Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so, Aaron, thinking yes. about, I mean, thinking about drug mules, thinking about all the things that happen behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, if you were a performer and uh-huh. you had a green room, oh, mm-hmm. think of a, think of the green room, think mm-hmm. of all the things you want in there, your writer, you know, when you go to perform. Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest thing you want in your green room? A couple things. <laughs> One. A drug mule? Yes. I'll be your drug mule yeah. too. I want a drug mule just to say I have one. I don't intend on doing any drugs, and I just want that kind of power to be like I want a drug mule, and then be like I just joking. Yeah. And if I know who which one of you is the rat that sold this story, because I don't actually do drugs, exactly. so yeah, somebody on this show. Uh huh. Um, the other thing is that I think I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a random person, and I also am very. I can get in ruts. So what I mean by that is like, for example, the Truth Hurts song. I will listen to that 50 <laughs> times in a row without abandon and not even worry about it, not even care. Sure. Um, I do that sometimes with food. Like I find one that I'm really addicted to for a period of time and I eat it until I can't imagine ever seeing it again. Yeah. So I feel like it would have to be written into my contract that 10 minutes before I arrive, <laughs> I will tell you what I want. So it won't be something necessarily weird that you can't get. It's just yeah. going to be a lot of rushing around at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I understand for type A personalities, which I am, that that's, that's going to be a problem. But you know what? There's going to be somebody that will do that for you. And you know what? That's the price you pay for my celebrity. Exactly. So if I decide at that moment <laughs> that I want some peanut butter M&Ms, I guess you better hope your vending machine has them or you better get oh God. going. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just pull the plug right then. Like, right Listen, then. Yeah. I'm not going to your Madison Square Garden if not you don't have freaking peanut butter M&M's. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Only the green ones or the blue ones. Right. Or the, I actually am yeah. not even, I don't care. You don't I'll care. All of them. See, there you go. I will say, if I'm in my peanut M&M phase, which yeah. I am sometimes, I'm going to need someone to look through the bag and find the weird one. <laughs> because there's a weird <laughs> one in every peanut M&M bag. And it's that weird shape and you bite it, you... You're hopeful, but it's always just weird chocolate. It doesn't even taste like the normal chocolate. And there's no peanut, and it is alarming. It is. And And the shape is always a little alarming as well. Yeah, and if I'm famous Mm. and I have a lot of money, I don't need to be eating bad peanut M&Ms. You got someone on your tour that's going to pick that M&M out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe eat it themselves or throw it. To, you yeah, know, I don't care what you do. You want to eat it? Throw it out to the. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yes, I like that. Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing a drumstick, you know, uh-huh. throw the weird peanut M&M. Yeah. Because I like the idea that post like mortem that all these places that I've been could compare and be like, well, what'd she ask you for? And they'd be like Hawaiian Ooh. punch. And then she never drank it. Yeah. Kool-Aid coolers. <laughs> and then <he> just <laughs> sat there. Like what? 3D Doritos. Yeah. <gasps> Teenage Mutant. Major Ninja Yeah, terrible, but <laughs> kudos for getting them. I mean, you could ask mm-hmm. and they would do it. Just saying. Whew. Mm-hmm. Well, we really got drunk with power there, but also, you know, mm-hmm. revealed what we will do mm-hmm. in our fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, should we move to our yeah, picks yeah, by yeah, now? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is Probably enough about us. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. We'll get to actual celebrities. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> all right. For behind the scenes, I chose a fiction pick called Station Eleven Ooh. by Emily St. John Mandel. And this came out in 2014. Okay. Um, quickly, uh, a flu pandemic decimates the world. Mm-hmm. I think we've done this a lot, actually. There's a lot of picks in which a flu pandemic kills the world. I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of your picks have a pandemic element. They really do. What is it about me and Armageddon? I think you like to see what type of person survives. You That's like to put point. yourself in that I really mode. Do. And you're yeah. like, I could do that. Well, you know who survives in this world? The performers. Oh. That's... Not really. Okay. So 20 years later, after the pandemic, there is no real U.S. and Canada. There's no like country lines. There's no big cities because 99% of the population is killed. Oh, my. So Kirsten is part of a traveling group of performers and players. They play instruments. They put on shows. And they travel around the Great Lakes to all these small towns in horse-drawn carriages, um, stopping at these towns to put on shows. And the shows uh, can be orchestra performances. It can be Shakespeare. A lot of people really want to see Shakespeare in this future world. That's um, a mistake. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> at one point, they stop at a town where they left um, a couple of their uh, players a few years back to okay. have a baby and, you know, start a life and all that kind all of right, stuff. Right, right. But now the town is controlled by a prophet. So, you know, just by the name, that's not a good thing. No. Really, Armageddon, there's a lot of people making themselves prophets. I don't know why. Um, they move on to a town built in an old airport where it has a museum of all the artifacts of humanity Ooh. in this airport. And throughout the book, we also see flashbacks to the old world, um, including an actor that Kirsten revered and actually got to work with as a child. So theme-wise, I chose this because it follows a band of performers on a very local level. And it gets into like the actual backstage planning and goals and all that kind of stuff. But also the idea of what performance is and what art is, what music is, what mm. theater, TV, music, you know, all that kind of stuff. The quote they keep saying is, survival is insufficient. It's not enough to just live. you got to mm. live and you got to um, – enjoy the the things that we can do the things that have happened in the past the things that uh, you know you create now yeah. um so it it talks about how art you know what that does for us as people um but how it also unites us how it separates us so it really gets into what that performance is all about um i found an interview with her that uh was really interesting where she's talking about we do this already, actually. She says that we play musical instruments at refugee camps. We put on plays in war zones. Immediately following mm. the Second World War, there was a fashion show in Paris. There's something about art, I think, that can remind us of our humanity. It could remind us of our civilization. So that line became almost the thesis statement of the entire novel. Which I thought was a really, really cool place yeah. to start from. Um, and a thing I had learned this week when I was researching, this is being turned into a show. Oh, um, it's going to be directed by Hiro Murai, who made uh, that video, This is America, by Childish Gambino. Oh, along my with a few gosh. Extra. So it could be extremely interesting and visual and beautiful and everything it should be. Um, so, yeah, that's coming. But read this book first. It's yeah. it's really interesting. She structures it really well. There's a lot of flashbacks to our current world as well as the future world. And it's it's a very good read. Sounds like a delight. Yes. I like that idea of kind of diving into why these things are important. You know, yes. it's easy to kind of make fun of it or celebrities, you know, you mm -hmm. can get or kind of shun it because of, of that side of it. But when you get down to it, there's so much actual importance in all of the art forms, whether that be TV, music, movies, you know, yeah. actual art, those types of things. And we all come to our, our favorite shows, our favorite music for different reasons, yes. but we all come to it, you know, yeah. like there, there is a reason that it exists and that we, that mm -hmm. we need it. Yeah. So, yeah like that yeah all right well my fiction pick this week um i've actually recommended another book by this author but Ooh. um this book is called daisy jones and the six oh, oh i wondered if you would pick yeah. this yeah by taylor jenkins reed so the other book that i picked by her was the seven husbands of evelyn hugo which could have worked for this theme as well it could I have. Of yeah, yeah it could yeah. have we did that in the first episode mm -hmm. um I have to admit right out of the gate, this was published in March of 2019. This is very different. I'm not going to lie that I missed Evelyn at first. Mm. I actually struggled with this book at first because I felt – I just loved her. So yeah, much. I did. Yeah. I loved that book, yeah. which is – and I realized after I finished this book and sometime after I finished this book, honestly, that I loved this book for a whole different reason. And so that's why I decided to recommend it um, because I don't want to take – there's so different that it's not even you almost surprised that it's the same author. So this is this book is written like an oral history, like a behind the so scenes cool. yeah. VH1 behind the music. So you're getting interviews with different band members, like snippets, like what their take on it was. And then another paragraph, somebody else's take on it. So interesting. Structurally, I think could be very hard to pull off in a fiction setting and was you lose. I mean, immediately you're sucked in. Like wow. you have to know yeah. and you just keep going. Um, done brilliantly. So the title character, Daisy Jones, growing up in LA in the late sixties, and she's got this desire to make it big. She's kind of a free spirit, like not a lot of parental influence or, um, control at home. So she's kind of free to do whatever. She starts out on the club scene, kind of, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever she wants to do. Um, and at the same time, there's this rise of this band called the six who there's two brothers in it, some other people that they brought along the way. And both as these people are, the Daisy Jones and the six are rising. They're kind of going up at the same time, but they're kind of both hitting plateaus. Like they can't quite get onto the big music scene. So this producer that's familiar with both of them has this idea to put Jay's Daisy Jones 
in the band The Six mm-hmm. and kind of combine the two. And it's magic because Daisy Jones is magic. She's an amazing performer, amazing voice. But again, this is all behind the scenes of what's going on. And the, it's the story of the music. It's the story of the band members. And you feel at the end like there's so many times during reading that I had to remind myself it wasn't a real band. Wow. That I couldn't go get the CD because I kept thinking, <laughs> oh, I want to hear that song. And then I was like, well, oh, yeah, that's not a thing. So – that's how well done this is and how believable it is and wow. how yeah much you can buy in. So it's really – it's unlike anything else you've ever read. I, I can almost guarantee that just because of the format and the mm-hmm. structure. And this – it wasn't done lightly. I've read interviews with um, Taylor Jenkins Reid and she very much researched that, did that specifically. And I think she pulled it off absolutely brilliantly. It would be so hard to pull off on a long novel. Yes. You see that in interviews a lot in like mm-hmm. music magazines, movie magazines. Wow, that's really impressive. It is. Yeah. And and it doesn't take anything away. You you know, you know sometimes unusual structure can backfire yes. and it can be like, "Oh, I don't. This is okay. I get it. Like let's go back to a normal narrative." And you never have that feeling. You mm-hmm. sort of just feel propelled to keep going or, you know, someone drops something in their interview and you're like, "Wait, what does that mean?" Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it doesn't come back up until sometime later. She did an excellent job of weaving the characters together and this even the supporting people, their roles and so much about relationships and how we treat the people we love and what does it mean to actually stand by someone and it so great that's so cool it sounds like it could be based on some real bands too like janis joplin and the big brother yes. and the holding company maybe even fleetwood mac that kind of thing yeah, yeah she got a lot of questions about whether it was based on fleetwood mac uh-huh. and she said you know she can't promise that there wasn't some influence in the sense that she's done a lot of reading and research sure. but it, it isn't meant to be okay. the story of fleetwood mac you know v- thinly veiled yeah. as a fiction thing that's not what she intended to do it was just you know she wrote a different story but you know maybe it hit some of the same yeah. as some real stories. But yeah. And I want to say that I had heard maybe this was going to be a movie or something. I mean, especially with the music component, because then yeah. there would actually be music that could like, yeah. you could go out and buy that CD, Aaron. Yeah. If you buy CDs. I, yeah. Sure. Or the tra- whatever. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever the kids music. do these days. Yeah. However you get your music onto your phone through that cord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I well, yeah, this it. seems like kind of ready-made for yeah. uh, something like that. Yeah. It is. And it 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 got a lot of publicity, so you, you yes. may have heard about it, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. It was really it was really fun. It was great. It was easy to read and it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. It's just a fun story. Very cool. Yeah. I liked I like it a lot. It. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you've read both, yeah, be prepared. You're going to miss Evelyn, but you'll get over it. If you go into it and go, okay, this is a new book. This isn't fair. This I can't isn't Evelyn. Really, yeah, okay. I can't bring her into everything. Yeah. Yeah. But man, that book was great too. So honestly, I've been thinking a lot about that book it. actually because of our theme this week. Yeah. Like, that would have been a perfect pick. I know. But, you know. I know. I did it in the first. Yes. Just. Got it First, right, out, right out of the way, and yeah. then I read it, and I agreed. It was delightful. It was, wasn't it? Yes. So good. Okay. Yeah. So we've got performance. We've got music. Yeah. I'm going to go music next. Okay. With nonfiction. Okay. And I've got a little um, confession because, you know, David Bowie is my first and major love. Right. But I'm also super obsessed with Slater Kenny. Okay. The band Slater Mm -hmm. Kenny. Mm -hmm. And so my pick is Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein. This came out in 2015. It's Mm -hmm. a memoir. Um, Slater Kinney is, uh, if you are not familiar, it's a band formed in 1995 by Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker, who were both formerly uh, members of other Riot Girl associated bands, and then they came together. And you may know Carrie Brownstein now mostly through acting. Um, she's in Portlandia. She's in Transparent. She's been in a few movie roles. So you've seen her around. You mm-hmm. know who Carrie Brownstein is. But this book is specifically about Slater Kinney and those first 10 years of their band. Um, they themselves, they have this really distinctive sound. They have some amazing albums. Um, but they stopped in 2006. And Carrie starts the book a little bit before that, like Mm -hmm. right at the point where she's realizing years of being on the road and struggling and pouring her like entire self, her entire body into this music is taking its toll Mm. and she just can't do it anymore. Um, The book talks about her growth through the Pacific Northwest music scene, um, forming the band, the relationships they made. What's amazing is she is just a fantastic writer. I mean, she obviously she is because of the songs that she's written with Corin Tucker over the years. But writing in this long form, it's amazing. She's just beautifully um, 
just writes beautifully, has um, some really great moments throughout. Um, it's this really personal story, but it's also this epic tale of this amazingly talented performer. And what's great is that this was just part of the story because right around the time the memoir came out in 2015, Slater Kenny reunited and they were putting out a new album. And in fact, they're putting out a new album here in a month or two. Oh. So they are back. Get baby. it. Baby. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that the name of the album? <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. I know, but it was only you if liked you it? could say it and everything. Back, baby. Back, baby. I <laughs> that feel was like. really weird. It was really weird. I actually really liked it. You liked it? Okay, great. Great, great. I think you should embrace it. I'll do it? Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I chose this book because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes, backstage stuff. And there's some really fun, like, run-ins with Eddie Vedder, the White Stripes. Mm. They, for many years, um, had a lot of opening bands that then went on to major acclaim, like the White Stripes. In fact, at the 2015 reunion show I saw in Omaha, they had Lizzo as their opener. And now, a few years later, Lizzo is badass. She's killing That's it. how I got to know her. Wow. So it's pretty cool. Um, I also like this, though, because Carrie Brownstein gets into like what it means to be a fan, mm-hmm. to... Like how she loves music so much, how much it meant to her, um, what it meant to her as sort of a young, confused girl. And she has this one section where before she forms Slater Kinney, where she's just discovering Bikini Kill, which is this band that kind of started the Riot Girl mm-hmm. scene, um, a women's punk band. And she says, it was the first time someone put into words my sense of alienation, the feeling that all these institutions and stories we'd been taught to hold as sacred often had very little to do with my own lived experiences. Bikini Kill's music really gave me a form, a home, and a physicality to my teenage turmoil. It's hard to express how profound it is to have your experience broadcast back to you for the first time, how shocking it feels to be acknowledged. That, to me, talked just about what it feels like to love music so much and feel like it's yours, you know, that it really encapsulates something about you. And that's what I really love about this, is that she is such a fan of music as well at the same time she's performing the music. Um, so yeah, I told you I saw, or I, I love them so much. I've seen them multiple times. They're amazing. I, I have a massive crush on Carrie Brownstein. Let's just be honest. Hey. It's out there. And like Carrie, it. if you're listening, that's, that's my truth. <laughs> that's my truth for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> also... Carrie Brownstein herself is turning this into a show for Hulu, but making it into like a fictional, almost kind of like Daisy Jones and the Six, like making it into, you know, a woman that forms a band and then goes on. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I have a confession that I actually have this book on my shelf and I haven't read it yet. Like I have it. Yeah, I physically have it, but I need to Guess what? When you read it, the music actually exists. So you can go listen to it. So I could actually fulfill that need. Yes. Yes. And like I said, their new album is coming out soon. Produced by St. Vincent. They put out a few songs already. Killer. Really? It's going to be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really important follow-up question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you be a drug mule for Carrie Brownstein? F, yes. <laughs> I was about to curse <laughs> I don't know if we, she does. I mean, I'm not trying to point anything out there that that's what she's about. Hey, anything, if you're just but... interested in trying drugs and you need a drug mule, yes, okay. Carrie, I will do that for you. You've also, it also kind of seems now like you might have some hookup that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, I need a source to get yeah. the drugs to then mule them. Yeah. Huh. I didn't really think this through very well, but that hmm. could be a show you tried to find Whoa. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and all the hijinks I get up to as I'm finding my way. I would watch it. Drugs. I would binge that. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, okay. You know, options. <laughs> Look, I'm bearing my soul on this episode here. You know what? You know? I expected nothing less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. My <laughs> other pick <laughs> is um, it's actually also an oral history, oh. but a real one. Oh. Yeah, so kind of mirrored. Look at that. I know. This is actually a book that I read. I read this book a long time ago, so I didn't read it because of this, but I read an interview recently that Taylor Jenkins read actually used this book as really? kind of inspiration and research. It's called Live from New York, The Complete Uncensored History of Saturday Night Live. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So it was published in 2002. So the only caveat I'll say right out of the gate is that you're getting, obviously, SNL to that point. So 
yes, I'm with everyone that's going to say it. I wish that they would, you know, put out another volume yes, of the last 17 years because Andy Samberg and all. Yes, the can you imagine? Kristen Wiig and yeah, yeah. Because what's great about this book is it's the it's the structure is the same as Daisy Jones and the Six. It's oral history. It's interviews with the people that were there, producers, actors, telling it from their point of view. So how each of them saw different decisions. You know, um, early on when the big execs at NBC were changing and how that had an effect on the show and the people that they picked to be on the show, how that felt to other people, um, how it felt early on to be a female and to fight to get some of the better sketches, yeah. how it felt to be a writer and not have a sketch. Get I mean, there's so much great behind the scenes, but it's told, you know, with in these per people's um, in their own voice, their own words. It really makes it more powerful, I think, than if mm -hmm. you're just like reading a history of yeah. it. It's thick. I mean, it's a really book. Yeah. Um, and I will say that I, it took me a long time to read it because I'd read some and then you kind of read something else, you know. It's not like Daisy Jones and the Six where there's like a narrative that's pulling you through. It's really based just on the time period and they, you know, kind of collected that way yeah. based on the years. So you could skip around probably, but I, it was interesting even as a person that maybe hasn't watched SNL from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I am a big SNL fan and just a show like that, the how iconic it is and how important it's been for both the comedy um, arena, for TV, for a lot of major actors and actresses. So much. Yeah. Yeah. You, and the fact that Lauren Michaels has been there the whole the time. The whole time. Yeah. And you see his name on a lot of other great shows, you know, that these people yes. go off and do spinoffs of their own thing. Um, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's a behind the scene. Um, it is... There's a lot of moments that you think, oh, geez, you know, I mean, there's enough in there that you don't know that you haven't heard about, especially because you're getting it from the, the direct, you know, from their point of view, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Also, I think it's a great way to do a book like this because you don't have to really answer. You don't have to say this is the right story. You can just say, here's the stories around this one thing. Right. This is how all these people viewed it. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of figure out for yourself how you That's feel. That's true. Yeah. Then it, you can't like face any charges of like... Yeah. Making it into a story that's not theirs. Right. Having them, right. Having and them and I like that because I think sometimes we don't do enough of that just in general. Like we are so set on having one line or one story or one narrative pull things that we get away from. Our perspectives are all so different that we're all going to see it differently. We all mm -hmm. bring something so different to the table mm -hmm. that it isn't always as simple as saying, well, this is, you know, this is what it is. Well, right. you know, so, cause the, you know, female cast members had different feelings about yeah. the same time period that male cast members have feelings. Yeah. And that's not to say that one's right or wrong. It's just, that's at that time, you know, what they were, what they were experiencing personally. Mm -hmm. So are you taking notes by the way, so that we can write our own, um, you know, oral history of the Brads and Books it, podcast? Yes, obviously. Okay. Great. The way I picture our oral, oral history is that you and I will decide together on a fantastic writer, someone. Yeah. And then we'll just sit for days and they'll interview us oh, and we'll say our feelings. It'll be glorious. And then they can figure out how to put it in a book yeah. and we'll make millions. Oh God. Instant bestseller. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Everyone's going to hear. And the title will be what? How We Became Drug Mules. <laughs> The Rods and Book Story. Yeah. How a book <laughs> podcast took such a left turn. <laughs> how two nerds from Des Moines ended up in Columbia. Started a whole empire yeah. of drug muling. Yeah. How two broads <laughs> bought Pablo Escobar's island. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That should be our goal. If really. we're going to do it. We got to do it. I don't do anything half-ass. <laughs> I commit. <laughs> we're in. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if we're going to do it, go big or go home. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I know. Wow. I'm really excited both about uh, the books that you mentioned, but also our, our plans for our own Me oral too. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pop culture-wise, I picked a documentary Ooh. kind of tied <laughs> to what I just did. Okay. Um, it's called The Punk Singer, and it's about the lead singer of Bikini Kill. Um, oh. Her name is Kathleen Hanna. Um, and, you know, just remember a few minutes ago when I mentioned them, they were sort of the impetus to Carrie Brownstein. So, you know, right. I, it's we're on a theme here. 
You brought it's the whole all circle, connected, which is why you're so good at this. Yes. Um, so Bikini Kill kind of kicked off the whole early 90s era of women's punk bands and this whole movement of Riot Girl formed really because of them. And what this is, is this incredible, very intimate, um, inspiring documentary about Kathleen Hanna herself, her mm. own like personal artistic journey, um, her health journey, because it, it turns into to something else. Um, she started as a spoken word poet, and then she found punk music, and she's like, "Nope, this is this is where I need to be." The punk music scene, I feel like those. That's not a direct line. I know. So good for her. And get this: she actually met. If any of you have ever heard of Kathy Acker, who was a writer in like the seventies and eighties, very visceral punk kind of stuff. It's it's real hard to get through. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, but she met. <laughs> She she met Kathleen Hanna. And like before all this started and Kathleen Hanna was saying she's a spoken word poet and Kathy Acker's like, no, you should be a musician. Boom. She became a musician. Kathy Acker? Yes. Wait to get her off that <laughs> dead end job opportunity. Right. Um so you know, you can listen to Bikini Kills music and you can read about them. That's it's this entirely other thing to see the footage mm. that this movie has. It's incredible. You see her, she's this tiny girl in like a school uniform and pigtails, but she has like slut written across her stomach. Or she's this girl bouncing around. She has this valley girl accent. When you listen to her talk, it's kind of hilarious because you're not expecting punk music to come out of this right. this girl's mouth. But she's screaming into the microphone. Um, so the documentary, it chronicles her time in Bikini Kill from 90 to about 96, and then her band La Tigra that was in the late 90s. But it also takes her through, for a while, she kind of disappeared, and people didn't really know why. She had really late-stage Lyme disease, oh. and it really knocked her out. So she had to take some breaks from music. Um, she was just kind of off the scene for a while. And this documentary came out around the time she was finally, like, Getting back to music, getting back to okay. her life. Um, fun fact, she's married to Ad-Rock from the Beastie Boys, so he features prominently in the documentary as well. Interesting. Wonderful. Um, so why I chose this, you know, it is very much behind the scenes, and it, it's one person's story, but it's also the story of this entire band, this entire sort of movement that came from there. Mm -hmm. um, what that art that she created then meant to other people, um, both musicians. It interviews a lot of musicians, including the people from Slater Kitty, including other musicians at the time. Um, how like creating music can expand and, and grow into this whole life of its own. At some point she talks about how it was kind of hard for all, all these young women would come up to her at shows and, and relate their own stories of sexual abuse or, or things that, you know, she then sort of had to take on and become a, a, a listener, but then also like inspire them somehow to wow. get past it. That's a lot to handle that you is know, a lot. for many, many yeah. years. Especially when you're not a, like, you're not a therapist. I yeah. Mean, that's a lot. Yes. Yeah. And at the same time, media was sort of merciless towards her because of the way she looked, because of her presentation, mm. because of this, these groups of girls that came up after mm -hmm. her. Um, so it, it, it kind of goes through that as well and the toll that took on her. Um, but overall, it's just, it's, you end up watching this and just seeing what a remarkable woman she is, what a remarkable musician. She's still out there. She's still making music. In fact, Bikini Kill is touring right now. And I, I just wait. I keep waiting for them to come somewhere near. It's like in just in New York and LA right now. I'm like, come on. There's a whole, whole middle of the country. We need you. Yeah. So if I disappear for a while, it might be to go to like New York or oh, something and follow them around. Okay. I mean, imagine you'd tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you kind I, of said it like I, I would just show up and you're gone. I was like, okay. All right. Wait, it's, it's bringing me back to the drug meal yeah. thing. But okay. I mean, that's fine. Oh, I could tie the two together. Yeah. This will be how I get started. Okay. I'll go to New York, find uh -huh. some connections, hit a Bikini Kill show, come back. Okay. Start. Start the Empire. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Genius plan. <laughs> I see no flaws. <laughs> I see no flaws. I really hope that in all my talking about drug mulling, it does not dissuade you from any of the picks I've recommended. No, That's in fact, it makes it more yeah. interesting, in my opinion. <laughs> was she in? Didn't you recommend? Was there another book you recommended that she? They talked a little bit about her story. Was it yes. the right? Uh, yeah, book? it was okay. the uh, Girls to the Front. Girls the to the Front girl story. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I definitely have talked about this before because it is such a uh, rife sort of era. Yeah, of yeah. No, I just think it's interesting. Yes. Like, there's obviously a lot to be there's said. There's a lot and, to be said. And, yeah. and this was, um, yeah, this is a wonderful viewing. 
what I'm thinking is that someone could set up like a punk girl band weekend for themselves. They could have <sighs> Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, Girls to the Front, watch this yes. documentary. Give Listen to lots of albums. Yeah. On the streaming services. Yes. That, <laughs> that the youth use. That the youth use. Or some vinyl. Whatever you prefer. Whatever you want. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Punk weekend. Punk weekend. I'll even call into your punk weekend and Ooh. give you my blessing. Ooh. And maybe tell you where you can score some drugs. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like we might be crossing from drug mule into just dealer like that's just straight dealing drugs <laughs> i mean what's that's funny? fine i'm ride or die i will support you i, I mean what's funny is i keep... need to market things a little differently <laughs> i keep escalating this partly just to see the looks on your face <laughs> i'm like oh, all right I mean... each time you're just like whoa okay so left field how do i you know how do i come back from this you're doing great i mean i just need a little warning just need just need to secure a few things, you know, and then I'm fine with it. Great. Yeah. I mean, what Tom Cruise did in that movie, I can do it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what Tom Cruise can do, you I can, can absolutely, absolutely do. do. <laughs> exactly. And I'm telling you right now, if I jumped on a couch and said I was in love with someone, it yeah. wouldn't be weird. No. People would be like, I like that. And maybe that person would actually be in love with you and not yeah. like, you know, being uh, black. Not me, just like, yeah, yeah held, ca- held captive by Scientology <laughs> people. Yikes. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so on yeah. that note, what yeah. do you have? Well, my pick this week, it's a it's a TV series. It is called Feud, Joan Crawford and Bette Davis. It's put out by FX. It's Ryan Murphy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's by the powerhouse Ryan Murphy, so you know it's basically mm. signed, sealed, mm. delivered awesomeness because his, he made it. Yeah. Um, it was released in March of 2017, uh, and it's the story of the Whatever Happened to Baby Jane co-stars. So they're two of the most prolific actresses, uh, really, in the history of Hollywood, but they had a very famous view during the 1962, during the shooting of that movie. And so this is, it's a docudrama. Um, it really goes in depth into the feud. It goes into the actions of both of them. But also what I like about it is that it's more than just that. It also dives into a lot of the other obstacles that they faced as female powerhouses at that time. They both, mm-hmm. and, and times that you want to say, why don't you team up together to fight this? Cause they're both fighting it on their own. The ageism, sexism, um, misogyny, so many things that were keeping them at a certain level where, and, but also, it does a great job of showing you that when you have – it's the genius of those isms mm-hmm. in a way because it keeps women from forming bonds yeah, to be competing. able to rise up. Mm-hmm. Instead, they keep them competing and at each other's throats. And you get that feeling a lot Ugh. from producers, from other people that this was serving a purpose for them. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily something that they were actively trying to dissuade or not have. Um, played by Jessica Lang and Susan Sarandon, so you can't get much better than that. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. I cannot remember how many episodes it was because I watched it as it was coming out. I mean, you'd be able to binge it now. Um, but it was it was just really well done. Wow. It's very fascinating. A lot of great information about the time. Um, they stayed very true to you know what they could find in research. You have so much sympathy and empathy for both of them at different points and you hate both of them at different points and just a really great behind the scenes look at and probably things that still happen a lot today, but at, you know, the dark side sometimes Mm -hmm. of being famous, being a celebrity, what that means, you know, having that loneliness element, having that competition element where you don't really, don't really know if you can trust anyone. And then there's also just some great moments of things, horrible things that they did to each other that are kind of hilarious <laughs> that, you know, the way Especially they between those two women. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty interesting. So I had heard that he was going to do another season, a feud that was going to be called Charles and Diana that was supposed to be. And Ooh. then he renamed it Buckingham palace because he wanted to go further into like, both camps and not just those two people but then mysteriously it got scrapped which i know just gives more feel to those rumors of the queen being able to just be like Mm -hmm. nope Mm -hmm. um and so i've heard that not necessarily that the whole series feud is scrapped just that one but there hasn't really been any news about what it might be in its place or he's got like 15 other shows right yeah but i hope he does because it's such an interesting concept for like a you know docudrama like that to get those kind of facts and it's something 
I'm a sucker for that stuff. When yeah. you think you know it from the media or the story that gets put out there and then you, you know, actually learn some facts and you're like, well, that was very different. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that he does because he's so talented and it was so, so entertaining. Much. That show seems pretty timely too, as well as like, like you said, the, the, the forces that continually pit women against each other and yeah. in Hollywood, especially mm-hmm. seems like 2017 when, you know, Pay discrimination was coming out. Me Too was coming out. It mm-hmm. seems very, very timely. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, these two women, because they represent two very different things, and which is why you kind of vacerate between your sympathy for both of them and being angry at both of them. Because at different times, you're like, you sympathize with Joan Crawford and say, oh, look, everything she dealt with to get to where she's at. And then she has this other woman that just walks in in her mind, you know, and hasn't paid the dues. But then you also have a lot of... Um, respect for Bette Davis because you go, well, you know, geez, you were like, you know, you really tried to take down some of those thoughts and without anyone backing you up, Mm -hmm. you ended up kind of being on an island of your own and blackballed in a way. And so, yeah, it's, it really is an interesting, interesting ride. I'd like to look inside Ryan Murphy's head because does that that guy just wakes up and spits out million dollar ideas yes i mean we a factory we've recommended multiple of his throughout this we've talked about the oj simpson yeah we talked about pose yeah and we never talked about american horror story but even that good lord glee i mean that was huge you know i mean he doesn't idea factory he is a little bit of a midas a little golden (laughs) touch there on that guy i gotta say which good. Keep them coming because yes, your ideas coming, are Ryan. phenomenal. And the people you bring in. Whew. Incredible. Yeah. I'm killing it. What is that guy's life like? Wow. It's like, hey, I'm working on this thing. I'm doing all this research for now. It's I bet pretty cool. he has easy access to drug meals. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he partakes in such things. Or we're not if, saying know, that you do. We're not saying that you do. Or that we have any inside information because we don't. We do to not. To be clear. No. But that kind of celebrity status, which yeah. I imagine he has to have now. Good Lord, yeah. I mean, I bet people are clamoring to work with him. I would be excited to yeah. meet him. I'd be like, give me, what, what's that next idea? You need some help? <laughs> just like hanging around. Yeah, just like, office. Uh, hey, hey, what's happening? Amy will get yeah. you drugs. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Want to listen to my theme song again? Wake me up. He's <laughs> like, who are these people? Ooh, that should be the next feud. Like George Michael and the, the other Wham dude. Oh, I forget his name. Andrew something. Yeah. I don't know if they had a feud, but we can make them have Let's a feud. Let's have it. Yeah. What would be some other good feuds? Oh, boy. There'd be a lot, I feel like. Yeah. So many good feuds. And now I can't think of a single one. I can't either. Now that we're actually but thinking like about it, it on yeah. air. Well, yes. Yeah. Hall of Notes. What about Hall of Notes? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah? You think? <laughs> oh, yes. Let's hear that. (laughs) That'll get him in. (laughs) Yes. Do they have a feud? I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, okay. So literally not a story. Just a a big fat nothing. (laughs) So we should probably work on our pitches before we meet Ryan Murphy. Okay. All right. (laughs) Maybe hone them a little more. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh Yep. Yep. I was trying to think of other things, but you know. Got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I kept coming up with groups like Insync versus Baxter. I don't know if they had a feud. Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer. Let's make yes. up. You know, we could come up with some stuff. I mean, we could manufacture Tone some and Loke. Did Tone have a problem with Loke? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think that's one person. <laughs> Ooh, an internal feud uh, with just himself. A- <laughs> oh, the Tone part of me hates the Loke. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, I think we should maybe hone our pitches That's a little fine. bit more before we, right. you know, head we'll over to Ryan Murphy's. It. But oh, yeah. In the meantime, we'll just keep entertaining. Yeah. All of you listening to us. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll come up with some other ideas. But the good news is either way, we'll be back next week with better picks <laughs> on feuds <laughs> and really good book picks. I don't know why I said better picks. <laughs> like, these are bad. These are great. <laughs> So, if you were thinking they were bad, well, <laughs> all right. Remember our discussion on cannibalism. Yeah. And just, yeah. Leg separation. <laughs> just saying. Amy is perfectly willing to give up her uh, fast-held beliefs <laughs> to take you down. Um, in the meantime, though, you can head to our website. 
Uh, to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode, that would be www.broadsandbooks.com. Don't forget that HTTP <laughs> on the interwebs. <laughs> it has an S because it's secure, okay? It does. We're not trying to steal your information. Exactly. On that HTTPS, S. colon, we have other slash materials. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of other material, too. Yes. Bonus material. We have a road trip piece. We have. <laughs> What's wrong with I think we finally reached the point we can't pull it back together. <laughs> we can't. I am out. <laughs> anyway, there's some good bonus material <laughs> on the website. And you know, if you like listening to us and listening to us break and Erin can't get her shit together, you can <gasps> tell us that. <laughs> In your <laughs> podcast player, give us a rating, yes. give us a review, tell us how much you love when Erin cannot get herself together, or when I talk about drug muling. I mean, there's so much to like, really. There's so much fertile ground in this there episode. There really is. <laughs> and also, you can find, I'm covering some of your lines. That's great. Because I'm out here in left field, just... <laughs> just couldn't get it together, so I'm covering. Okay. Oh, that's so... a good partner right there. <laughs> Also, we want to hear your theme ideas. Yes. Um, we have done in multiple episodes based on reader suggestions, reader, listener suggestions. Why do I keep readers, readers too? You know what? Yes. Reader suggestions. Readers. Yes. yes. Get in touch with us. Do we it. would love to hear your idea. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like we mentioned, we have a website. It's easy. HTTPS. TTP. And because we've reached our point where we can no longer function. Happy reading. <laughs> I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open? The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.